0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, church. As uh, Pastor David Webb says, uh, we are allowed by the government to take off the masks. But I think we need to be three meters away from the people, so I'll do my best uh, not to be too close. Friends, I uh, want to just start by saying thank you for being here this morning. I know that for some people, knowing that uh, the third wave was projected, uh, faith, fear can grip our hearts, and we do well to continue to trust God to see us through this challenging season. So I want us to start by just praying that we will continue to have faith even in the midst of this challenging season. And also I want us to pray that God will save lives, that we will not lose as many lives as we've lost during the second wave. Can we just pray together? Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for this time as a church family. God, we want to ask that you build our faith, Lord God build our faith, Father. May we not lose faith during these trying times, Father God. May we Believe that God, you will be with us, God. And we also ask for our nation. We ask for the nations of the world. We pray, Father, that lives will be saved, Father God. We pray even for the rollout of uh, vaccines, Lord God. We pray that there will not be complications in the name of Jesus, Father Lord. We pray for those who may even be struggling with the concept of taking vaccine. We pray that you will give them faith to believe, Father God, that you do use medical practitioners, Father. we pray this in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. I know that for some people, with all the conspiracy theories that have been going around, people may be afraid to take vaccines. But I just want you to say, vaccine is not the Antichrist, Amen. And if you want to hear more, we can uh, uh, put you in touch with some of the doctors in the church. Uh, they have been putting together a document to just help us understand how vaccines work. All right, so friends. Before I go into the Word today, I wanted to ask you this question. What if you were told that you have 24-7 help? Would you take it or not? Take it. Take it. All right. Great, great, great. I like that. I like that. Now, let me add one more thing to see how the response will be. This is just for South Africans. Uh, uh, Even if you are non-South African, you're here, the the culture has rubbed off a little bit. What if you were told there is a 24-7 help for free, for Mahala? Mahala, will you take it or not? Take it. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you say you will take it. I'm not talking about take a lot, but this help that I'm talking about is the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's available to us 24-7. I like to say the Holy Spirit gives us a competitive advantage, but we as believers, we don't tap into that competitive advantage. We don't tap into that amazing, you know, just you can consult with the Holy Spirit even when you are in the boardroom. In a business meeting, you can say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do here. Can you help me? And the Holy Spirit will be there to help you. You'll be surprised that the Holy Spirit cares even about the smallest of things. Before I I give you a story on that, I want to just give you a very simple, simple definition of the word from the Greek helper. It is parakletos. So I checked with Dimitri, my Greek friend. I don't know if he's here today, because normally when we use any Greek word, he, he will shout. He's normally in the evening service, right, Greg? He will shout, no, that's not the right pronunciation. <laughs> so I checked with him first. He said, it's parakletos, parakletos. So parakletos has got two words to it, para and "cleat. So para means besides or alongside, and klet means to call forth. So it means when we speak about the Holy Spirit as the helper, he's the one who's called to walk alongside us. He's the one who's called to be beside us all the time, 24 7. Can we access this amazing help that we have that is in the Holy Spirit? He's called to walk alongside, to be beside us. I like the fact that the same helper name that is Paracletos is also used for advocate. What is an advocate? An advocate is a person who puts a case on someone else's behalf. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us before the Father. In other words, the helper, the advocate, is always there. Interceding for us before the Father. So don't make a mistake of saying I've had this before and miss out on what God wants to ignite in you today. Don't make that mistake and miss out on what God wants for you to have today. By the way, we haven't even gotten into the word. This is still introduction. This is introduction. Last week, Sunday, it was Mother's Day, you remember. And for some of you will remember that it was also my birthday. So it's normally chaos in my house when Mother's Day falls on my birthday. You know, like uh, we lose things. So my, my daughter Zinzi had written a card, a handwritten, handmade card from home, beautifully made for me, for, 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 for blessing me on my birthday. And she had written a Mother's Day card for mom, and she would put them together on my side of the bed. I was so blessed that they were put on my side of the bed. But then I was so excited after reading them, and I take them, and I walk around the house trying to find my wife to give her her note. But guess what? I lost the notes, both of them. I lost them, and Lindy had not seen her note. How many of you will agree that men needs more the help of the Holy Spirit than anyone else? <laughs> I mean, so many times I'll be looking for something in the pantry. I can't find it, and Lindy comes. It's right there we need the help of the Holy Spirit. At that moment, I remember, I mean, we just came out of Build Conference. I mean, we're doing this brief sermon series on the Holy Spirit. I remember that you can ask the Holy Spirit. And I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me for the fear of my wife. Help me, Holy Spirit, so that I can find this note. And Guess what? It was as if the Holy Spirit directed me to exactly where the notes were, and I found them. For me, it was just a reminder that we don't access this help. We don't access this help. This entire week, guess what? When I get stuck, Holy Spirit, I need you now. And He comes through. He comes through. He's faithful like that. But I believe we live in such a distracted world that we miss out on tapping into the Holy Spirit. We'll get into that just now, how we are called the most distracted generation. We live in an age of destruction that we even miss out to tap into this competitive advantage that we have that is in the Holy Spirit. And as I was preparing, I felt the Lord says there's some people that He wants to encourage today and it's not on the screen, but I want you to take down these two scriptures. The first one is Luke 24:49. Jesus' last words before he left, this last Thursday, it was Ascension Day, where we remember when he ascended, but these were his words before he left to his disciples. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Jesus speaking to his disciples says, stay right there in the city until you're clothed with power. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with power. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with power. And as I was praying, I felt like there may be people who are discouraged by the city of Joburg. I know we've got lots of potholes. And we are praying that these potholes will disappear. But, but, but there's a project. There's a project taking place right now to sort out those potholes. I, I also felt the Holy Spirit that say there are people who are discouraged by the state of the nation and even praying about leaving the country. Now, I'll just say it as bluntly as possible. You know that things are bad even when black people want to leave the country. I mean, it's not a joke. People are leaving the country. We've got friends who've moved to Australia because greener pastures. And I want to say to you that if it is God moving you, please go. Inquire of the Lord and go. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that if it is God moving you. But if you're moving because you're frustrated, you're disgruntled, and you've lost hope, think about it. Rethink, rethink, rethink. And the scripture I have for you is Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Go and read it at home from verse 1 all the way. Verse 7 says, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So my question for you is, when was the last time you prayed for the city of Joba? When was the last time you prayed for the nation of South Africa? Just going on your knees like we pray, pre-service prayer, like we pray on the Zoom prayer every morning, 6 a.m., praying on our knees, crying to the Lord for this country. Because we know that when it prosper, we will also prosper. So if you are praying or thinking about leaving the country, hear from God, inquire of the Lord. Nothing is wrong with it, and be moved by God. But do not move because you have lost hope, then who is going to rebuild this nation? We have to stay in the city, stay in the country, and be part of rebuilding our nation. Can I hear amen today? With that in mind, open with me, John chapter 16. That is our text today. John chapter 16, we're going to look at what is the work of the Holy Spirit, the helper. What is the work of the Holy Spirit, the helper? If you don't have your Bibles with you, I have it here on the screen. Um, The context of the scripture is uh, when you read in chapter 15 how Jesus spoke to his disciples on how the world hated him, and he said, they will hate you also. You know, when Jesus says those kinds of things, it actually helps some of us, because then you understand why we experience persecution as children of God. He said, the same way they hated me, they will hate you because of some of the stance that you will take. Because of your belief in the word, you will be hated. But then he doesn't leave us there. He continues to encourage us. And we pick up in chapter 16, verse 1. He said, I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. To keep you from falling away even when things are tough. Then we continue to read verse 2. They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering a service to God. Let's just pause there for a little bit. A time is coming when people killing believers will think that they're doing it for God. Said to say, it is happening. Just look at the countries where believers are persecuted. And people thinking they're doing it to save God. Verse 3. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. But I've said these things to you, that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. The work of the Holy Spirit we read. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him, this is the Father, who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, Paracletos, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not know, they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged, is judged. Verse 12 I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he has, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So, saints, from this scripture that we've read, I've given you the context. But I want to bring your attention to some of the things that Jesus said about the work of the Holy Spirit. The first thing he says is, is that it is to your advantage that I go. It Sounds like when you speak to children and you say, guys, it's good that mommy and dad go away. You do not understand what I'm doing right now, but this is good for you. Jesus was like saying, guys, you don't understand why I'm going, but this is good for you. It's good that I go away. Why? Because while Jesus was on earth physically, he could only be in one place at a time. But the Holy Spirit will carry the ministry of Jesus everywhere at the same time. Isn't that amazing? That we now have the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Jesus said, "I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. But I will send you the help of the Holy Spirit." I like it when you read John 14, a few chapters before what we've read, verse 16, and Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, when you read it in the amplified paraphrase of Scripture, he says, I will ask the Father, he'll bring the third unit of of the triune God, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter. It means Jesus was Himself a comforter. But when He goes, He says, I will send another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by, that He may remain with you forever. He's with us forever. He's with us all the time, 24-7. He's there. Can we access the help that we have? You know, I like the fact that the Bible says he's also our intercessor, the advocate. He's praying for us constantly. You read Romans 8. The Bible says he is helping us to intercede with groanings that cannot be understood. It says the mind that the Holy Spirit searches the mind of God. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. So when we don't have words to pray and we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He pleads the case on our behalf. That is why I love praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, Apostle Paul is one of those guys that will say things like this. I'm glad that I pray in the Holy Spirit more than all of you. <laughs> Imagine he's saying more than all of you combined. He was simply saying, guys, I've found the secret to the mind of God. It is praying in the Spirit. So we have this help that we need to tap into There's a couple of things we need to talk about before we talk about tapping into this help. The work of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin, to guide us into all truth and to declare of the future. My hope today is that through this message, we will know the work of the Holy Spirit. We will know the help we have from the Holy Spirit. The Helper, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, we read here in... uh, Chapter 16, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and justice, and judgment. Now, saints, when you read Scripture, when you study Scripture, you need to ask yourself, why are these things given to us? I mean, he's here to convict us of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So when it says He's here to convict the world of sin, it means that the Holy Spirit's work is to come in there for us who believe to be convicted by sin. But we also read in John 1 verse 12, but all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave them the right to be called the children of God. Because where we have read, it says, He's coming to convict the world of sin because they did not believe Him. But those who believe in Him, those who receive Him will get the right to be called the children of God. And once you're called a child of God, you now can receive the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Jesus says, I will no longer be in the world to teach you about righteousness, about right standing with God. But the Holy Spirit will be there. To teach you how to walk with God. It says concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus triumphed over Satan through his death on the cross and through his resurrection. But the final judgment is still coming. Let's bring it to our context. Revelation 20 verse 10. The Bible says, The devil who deceived many will be thrown into the lake of fire together with false prophets. That's in the Bible. So it means that false prophets will be there. Read Matthew 24. It means that false teachers will be there. Let us not be surprised. I think sometimes we get surprised and discouraged when we see the headlines. There's certain newspapers I don't read because it seems like they're just following false prophets and false teachers. But guess what? The Bible says they will be there. But the work of the Holy Spirit is there to help us distinguish between True teachers of the word and false teachers of the word. True prophets and false prophets. Why does it say he's coming to convict the world of judgment? Let me read it for you. Judgment. Judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Therefore, the false prophets and the false teachers will be judged. And I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be one of them. Because they'll be thrown into the lake of fire. I am sorry if I'm preaching the truth today. What is the Holy Spirit convicting you of today? What is the sin that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of today? It will be a waste of time for us to come to church every Sunday and hear the word and continue to live a life of sin. What is the Holy Spirit doing then? What is the work of the Holy Spirit? The work of the Holy Spirit is that when we worship, like we're worshiping this morning, that He's convicting us that I cannot cohabit with your sin. I cannot stay in a house that's full of sin. It's the Bible. The Holy Spirit is meant to do His work and cleanse us of sin. I read here in John chapter 7 verse 38, that he who believes in me who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall continuously flow springs and rivers of living water. Springs and rivers of living water. As Greg was leading us this morning, that the Holy Spirit, when it comes and works in us, the springs of living waters that are overflowing within us. So the best way I can describe how we can deal with sin in our lives If I gave you a glass of water filled with dirty water, how do you take out the dirty water out of it? You pour clean water into the glass until it overflows. So if we want to deal with sin in our lives, is that when we read the Word, when we pray, when we worship, we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us to overflowing. Because when we begin to overflow, the impurities in us will come out. We don't skimp on, I I just read uh, two verses of the Bible a day, and then I go. We eat this word because there's something that happens when you read the word. I don't know about you, when I'm feeling down and I take this word and I read it, something happens on the inside. So if you want to deal with sin, let us be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm so excited that worship night is coming up. First week of June, it will be in person here. We will be lingering longer in the presence of God, but the impurities will go. Impurities have to go. They cannot cohabit with the Holy Spirit. The helper, the Holy Spirit, convicts of sin, guides us into all truth and declares of the future. Let's talk about how does he guide us into all truth. This text that we've read, verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth, I mean, he could have just said when the Holy Spirit, when the spirit comes, but the spirit of truth, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He doesn't want us to have some truth, but all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears from the father, he will speak. Even though the promise was first directed to the 11 disciples, it is also for us. The the disciples needed the Holy Spirit because they were going to write the Gospels. They were going to write, you know, most of the New Testament Bible. They needed the Holy Spirit. But we also need the help of the Holy Spirit for daily living. So much more for knowing the truth and living by the truth. What if I said to you that the reason why we cannot distinguish between bad, between negative, between evil and what is good is because we've lost our sensitivity to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We've lost that sensitivity when He nudges us. Don't go there. When He's guiding us to truth, He says, that's not true. Do not fall for that. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Again in John 14, it says, the comforter the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the one who comes alongside. Who, oh, Holy Spirit, oh. whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, to act on my behalf, He will teach you all things. And He will cause you to recall, to remind you, to bring to remembrance Everything I've told you. I just loved how the Holy Spirit works. I mean, you heard the communion message from Pastor Gloria. The Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance that which Jesus has taught us. When we take communion, the Holy Spirit is there to bring to remembrance what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The Holy Spirit is there as a helper to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He will teach us all things and bring to remembrance everything that Jesus has taught. So my prayer is that we will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a book I'm reading right now. It's called Word and Spirit by R.T. Kindle. And I like the fact that he's helping us to understand that you cannot dissociate. You cannot divorce the Word and the Holy Spirit. The two work together. And... uh, I remember a story of a missionary that went out and was going to serve in another country for two years. Now, what I like about this story is this missionary was given a car to use for two years, but this car had a problem. It would not start. So I don't know about you. Some of you can identify with me. There was a time I had a car that was called Grace because it would not start. We needed Grace for the car to start. My wife will tell you, its name was Grace. I mean, we were courting at the time. We were in courtship. And whenever I have to go and pick her up, I had to park strategically. You know when you have to park strategically. You know, like, you, you, you bring the lady into the car and you don't want to show that the car doesn't start. I know exactly what the missionary was going through. For two years, didn't tap in the power of the Holy Spirit. Another missionary comes and the same time they do their handover, this missionary says, you know, you can tell it's the olden days. I mean, like, guys, we could have just asked for help. Tells the new missionary that this guy's got a problem. It doesn't start. And uh, the new missionary says, Holy Spirit, show me what the problem is. Opens the bonnet, not like this complicated cars. Don't even open the bonnet. You don't know what's happening. Opens the bonnet, and he realizes that the, 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 the terminals on the batteries had corroded. And all you need to do is take them out, cleanse them or clean them with sandpaper, and then connect them. And then after that, the car started like a miracle just happened. And I was thinking about this story. I'm realizing how many Christians are not allowing this word. To be like sandpaper to clean us, to clean us, to cleanse us. We don't read this word like a novel. When you read this word with the unction of the Holy Spirit, it will wash you away. It will wash you away. I'm convinced of that because I cannot read this word and go back to my sin. It will wash you away. This is the word that we ought to live by. And again, I like the story because once you've been washed by the Word and your terminals, your clamps, they clamp onto the saws, the battery, the Holy Spirit will flow. We need the Word and the Spirit together. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We are praying and trusting God for revival. It will come when we let this Word wash us. And we will see the move of the Spirit in ways we've not seen Him move before. Reading the Word without the unction of the Holy Spirit is just like reading a novel. The Word washes and cleanses us, but the Holy Spirit ignites the fire of God in us. I don't want to live as a Christian who just live life like any other day. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn in my heart. To burn in my heart. The Holy Spirit declares of the future. When He comes... They will declare and proclaim to you the things that are to come. You know, I like the fact that the Bible says God wants to reveal to us even things that are to come. Scripture is very clear in Isaiah, it says that He doesn't do anything without informing His servants. So if we don't know, it's because we are not tuned enough to what He's saying to us. Look to what Isaiah 42 9 says Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. I proclaim to you, before they spring forth, I tell tell you of them. He wants us to know things that are to come, but we are so distracted that we are not attuned to what the Spirit is saying. What is the Holy Spirit declaring to you about yourself, about your identity, about your gifts, about what He's called you to be? Are you in tune with what He's saying to you, or are you too busy are too distracted to hear what he's declaring. I believe strongly God wants to reveal deep things in his word. He wants to reveal things that are to come, as I've shared testimonies of people who've trusted God for business ideas, and God came through for them. It is written that we are the most distracted generation ever. We live in an age of distraction. Now, scientists have said These are the things we need to do to refocus in an age of distraction. And I want to just show you that what they are saying based on discovery, it's stuff that's already in the Word. So this is what scientists say. You can see the theme there is about switching off your cell phone. Clearly, the theme is very, very clear there. Create habits to focus your mind. And when they say create habits to focus your mind, they say uh, tune off. Stay away from things that will take away your focus. But I see it always in the Bible when we read the word and meditate on the word. What did the Bible say is meditate on this word day and night. It will bring back your focus. It will bring back your focus. Scientists say manage email expectations and switch off your email app if you can, if necessary. Switch off notifications. This has helped me. I've switched off all notifications completely. I'll go read emails, WhatsApp, text messages at my own time. Not controlled by if a person wants me to respond right there and there. And I've noticed the power of when you switch the phone off completely. Not just putting it on airplane mode. When you switch it off completely, you don't have that twitch of, you know, when it's on the table. you, You always want to have it in your hand. You know, states have shown that uh, the average iPhone user, I've said this before, handles their phone, picks up their phone 1,300 times a day. Imagine if we handled the word like that. How will our lives be? Imagine if we handled the word like that. 1,300 times a day. Ouch. Recently we went on holiday in Cape Town and uh, as we landed, I disabled Instagram, Facebook, emails so Greg doesn't get hold of me. I disabled everything. And that was one of the best holidays ever. And when I took pictures, I didn't have the pressure to put on Instagram. I was creating my own family memories. I'm sorry if you're expecting my photos. (laughs) A couple of years ago, We left my phone at home when we went on holiday. I feel like it had something to do with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to blame it on my wife. And it was one of the best holidays ever. If there's one thing you can take out of this sermon is as good as much, as good as our cell phones are, they are causing such a distraction from us tapping into the Holy Spirit. We are quick to Google it than asking the Holy Spirit, help me. Scientists say, make time to reflect and review. Bible has always spoken about retreating, taking a Sabbath. It was always there, Sabbath. Like this last one, digital detox, take time away and switch off. Take a Sabbath from social media. You'll be amazed what will happen. I just want to be open and honest with you. When my phone is off, the levels of anxiety in me, they just disappear. I don't understand how it happens. It's just like I don't feel the pressure to perform anymore. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me that when a message comes, there's that thing that you have to respond right there and there. That's why I've disabled notifications. The help of the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, guides us into all truth and declares the future. He wants to declare the future, but we are too distracted. We are too distracted. As I was praying for us, I felt the Lord says, tell my people to fan into flame the gifts that I've put in them. 2 Timothy 1 says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. It's already there. All you have to do is to ignite it. It is already there through the laying on of hands. Stir up the gifts. Bring fire into your life. Once the fire starts, it's not easy to quench it. Let's talk about natural fires. A month ago, we had the fires in Cape Town. It took 24 hours to quench that fire. California wildfires, early 2020, it lasted 27 days, struggling to quench the fire. Australia wildfires in 2019, and they went into 2020, 79 days. That's two and a half months of trying to quench the fire. I was just drawing a parallel that in Cape Town, when the fires came, they had to evacuate people. And I felt the Holy Spirit says, when the fire of God comes, that sin cannot stay. It cannot stay. It has to evacuate. It's been self notice when the Holy Spirit comes. It cannot stay. I read the Australian newspaper article. They say, it is the climatic conditions that Provide ample fuel for the fires to grow. I believe the current climatic conditions are signs for revival, both natural and spiritual. What it means that is when we are in the Word, when we worship, when we pray, we are creating an environment, a climate that is rife, that is conducive for revival fire. I like how Greg put it. It's like the fire of God comes, it scorches, it's not nice, but we know that after the fire comes the rain. The fire comes to consume and the rain of revival comes. Let us be people of the word, people of prayer, people of worship to create an environment conducive for revival. We're going to close differently today. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Maybe he has to convict you of sin. Maybe he has to declare some truth to you about yourself what He says about you, the gifts and talents that He's given you. And also as we do these activations, uh, some of them I encourage you to do during the week because the Holy Spirit is not just for us but to be a blessing to others. So if you want to, you can take uh, a picture of this. Um, This activation is we wait on the Lord and write down what the Lord is saying to you about yourself, your identity in Him and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your spiritual gifts. You can do this at home. It doesn't have to be here this morning. And also think about someone you know or scroll through your cell phone and ask the Holy Spirit to show you their gifts and then send a text to them and mention that you were thinking of them and praying for them. You will be amazed what will happen. Just this morning, I was on the Zoom prayer that we're praying for revival. And the Lord dropped this couple in Durban that God is saying, please send them this word of encouragement. And they responded to me immediately. They say, what you've just said is what we are praying about right now. We are believing God for this. So it means God cares so much to say, I've got you guys. So you'll be surprised that God wants to use you by just encouraging someone this week. So we're going to play the song and listen to the words of the song on how we can allow the word of God to wash us. For three minutes, you can go ahead and play. Let your truth set us free. Let the Holy Spirit convict us in the truth of your word. Set us free, Father. Set us free from the things that are entangling us, for the distractions of this world that are keeping us away from tuning into your Holy Spirit, Father God, and hearing what you're saying to us, Lord. Father, I pray that we will be sensitive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit, to the tugging of the Holy Spirit, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, Father God, I see that a lot of us have even forgotten how it's like to enjoy the presence of God, and God is calling us back to that place of close proximity with Him, where you can just enjoy listening to worship, enjoy being in the Word, and lingering longer because it is so. Awesome to be with the Father. Lord, I pray that even as we get the screen time check on our phones, may it be a reminder to switch off the phone and to tune into you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.